0: Um, Just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now on with monkey tennis.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role
3: Looking for the perfect weekend activity for everyone, including the deaf? Then why not come down to Marple Races this Saturday to see all your favourite renowned horses in action? See Two-Headed Sex Beast, Massive Bereavement, Trust Me on my a Stomach and many more. Horses, love them or hate them, they're all here at Marple Races. This week's proud sponsor of Monkey Tennis. Come to Marple, place your bets and enjoy the facilities, but please don't look under the tarpaulin, it might be a dead horse.
4: Tennis. You better believe it, babe. There's a new chat in town. Monkey tennis. Ice white shoes, ice white socks with navy blue double cadet strap Aha! Monkey tennis. I've just been told that Roger Moore is at Chiswick Roundabout. Monkey tennis. Oh, what the heck? Rock and roll. Let's all have a pair. Monkey tennis. Yes, I am in a jacuzzi sipping schnapps. Alan, 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 and on that bombshell. Monkey tennis.
0: Hello and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the podcast proving that Alan Partridge into podcasts does go. I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined as ever by Tom Dark. This is Sports Desk. Nick Older. Join me. And Tom Stab. Striker! So today we're going to be talking all about Alan's origins uh, across the whole series of On the Hour and The Day Today. But before we get on to that, some very exciting news. Thanks everybody who came to or enjoyed listening to our live Alpha Papa special recorded at the Prince Charles Cinema in London last year. Uh, The good news is, we're going to do it all again.
3: What?
2: This is news to me. Although, to clarify, you say all again, not Alpha Papa again. It will be something different. Not Alpha
0: Papa. So we're going to be discussing and celebrating Alan's antics in Knowing Me, Knowing Yule, the uh, Christmas special. Uh, So obviously, we're going to do it a bit closer to Christmas. Uh, It's going to be happening on Wednesday, the 22nd of November at Prince Charles Cinema again in London. Uh, Tickets are on sale. Hang on, wait for it now <laughs> uh, you can go to our facebook or our twitter page for details it's twitter.com slash the pod it's facebook.com slash the partridge pod always the same um yeah please come along and join us it's going to be a lot of fun uh i have uh, i watched a little bit of it the other day i've got lots to say let's put it that way oh,
3: i haven't seen it for a while so i'm looking forward to uh to watching it and obviously getting in a room again and chatting it with all our lovely fans uh one thing to uh, warn uh, you Adam, oh. Adam, will there be boasters biscuits
0: uh at least two I'm
2: <laughs> in. And, and, and a
3: giant Christmas cracker. And yes, a giant ladies. Christmas
0: cracker, yeah, yeah. Uh, with fire stewards on standby. Lovely stuff. Um, yes, uh, one thing to warn you about is that the last time we did this uh, for Alpha Papa, it did sell out well in advance. So please do get your tickets uh, while you can. We cannot promise they will be around forever. Uh, so yeah, go to facebook.com slash thepartridge pod, twitter.com slash partridge pod to grab your tickets for our Knowing Me, Knowing your festive special. But on with the episode.
2: Yeah, so we thought we would take this right back to the start and look at the origins of Alan. So in this episode, we're going to discuss his first appearances on radio and in TV. So On the Hour uh, was his first appearance as a character on radio. Uh, that was on radio for 1991 and 1992. And then he first appeared on TV in the day Today in 1994. And then from next week, we'll be discussing Knowing Me, Knowing You, the TV series.
0: So is this the only Alan output where it's not all about him? It's uh, the only yeah. thing he's done where he's been, or I suppose he's done like, you know, bits for comic relief yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he, and he That's guest hosted TFI Friday. But other than that, mm. It's the only kind of... It's the only thing where he forms part of, a, a, part of, an, of an ensemble. ensemble. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously
0: throughout this, Steve Coogan plays other characters as well, but we're, we'll yeah. be focusing on Alan for yeah. obvious reasons.
2: Yeah, although obviously there are a few bits of comedy gold throughout these which are worth uh, worth remembering as, yep. we, as we go through. Um, so I have been reading Steve Coogan's autobiography recently, so I can depart some information from that maybe to get the ball rolling. Yeah, I, yeah, do I
3: it. it. I think you're the only one... I haven't read it. Is it you the only yeah, one? Uh, I've on read it. I've re- read, oh, it. read it as well, okay. Please I it. got it, but I <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) It was a Christmas present, wasn't it? But I have got it.
2: As as we know, your eyes don't work. (laughs) I
0: thought it was a pint glass.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Steve writes that basically the idea of on the hour a spoof news comedy program uh, was actually Armando Iannucci's idea so uh Armando put together an informal pilot originally using real uh, real news reporters which they just decided didn't work because it sounded too formal because the voices were the real news reporter voices so for the pilot properly he assembled uh Coogan, Patrick Marber, Chris Morris, David Schneider, Dean McCain or McKeegan I'm not quite sure to the pronunciation I'm not that. sure the pronunciation. Dune, McCain's, I think, Dune McCain I think so yeah we're gonna let's go, go and... with that we're sure. going to like the okay.
0: oven chip. write in to correct us if, if we've got that yes, wrong yes we've yep. probably
2: got it wrong uh, Rebecca Front uh, and the uh, writers so uh, people that weren't on camera also Stuart Lee Richard Herring David Quantic and Stephen Wells so quite a formidable cast of uh, who are now comedy legends but back in 1991 this is probably one of the first things they all worked together on they'd worked on various Radio 4 comedies before. Yeah. um, A lot of
0: people's passport to stardom. Um, I actually uh, briefly ended up working on, on the hour slightly. Um, because, uh, for various reasons it wasn't released on dv oh, sorry on on cd for a really long time uh, but it, it was eventually released by warp records uh, about f- uh, seven or eight years ago and one of the things that i got tasked with doing was uh, getting in touch with all the agents and all the people themselves that wrote it uh, to ask if they wanted uh, a free copy obviously or a box and everybody did and uh, including old Stephen wells who's worth a shout out because the rest of them kind of went on to do sort of TV writing and and, and kind of s- things in a similar vein. Stephen Wells is, is probably one of the, the most well-known NME journalists of the last sort of 20, 25 years. Wrote some incredible and some very scathing reviews before he uh, unfortunately passed away. So um, he was probably one of the most pleased of everyone uh, that it was actually coming out. Got back in touch with me straight away and was and was really excited to get his copy, uh, which was uh, was touching.
2: That's nice. Uh, I've actually... I mean, I did read on Wikipedia that... Um, part of the reason that it was took so long to make it commercially available was there were issues with uh the leon the parts that leon herring wrote
0: yeah there's a lot of dispute about who create well there was dispute about who created alan partridge if
2: i I, that seems if you read steve coogan's book it's very clear who created it (laughs) Uh, yes (laughs) that's true and also uh, steve coogan was a
0: guest on richard uh, herring's leicester square theater podcast which is worth a listen because they also touch on it again
2: but Uh, don't go and listen to that now listen to us first and then maybe that if you want to.
0: commonsy bitter and listen to us
3: <laughs> if only richard herring you know sometimes maybe mentioned that he was involved in the yeah writing. he really yeah, should he really, he really should mention
0: it at all, tends to ever. gloss over it
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: so um should
2: we what we what we'll do is we'll take this kind of cr- chronologically as far as we can so we'll start with on the hour and then we can talk through uh favorite moments from the day to day Okay, so to kick us off, we're just going to uh, play in here um, the first ever bit of Alan ever heard on the radio waves uh, with the first ever Sports Desk report from On The Hour. Here it is.
4: This is Sports Desk. I'm Alan Partridge. Formula One driver Nigel Mansell gave up motor racing this week as it's too dangerous. And anyway, claims Mansell, I can get the same sensation by sitting in a wind tunnel with dark glasses on and a paper bag of agitated wasps tied over my head. So I know we should probably
0: talk about uh, Alan Partridge first and foremost, but I've just got this vision of Nigel Mansell sat with a bag over his head of agitated (laughs) (laughs) wasps.
2: I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. You already get from that very first sketch how... You've got the slightly more surreal, mm. absurd elements to the writing of On the Hour, which and obviously again into the day to day, which those kind of the stranger parts they they kind of get filtered out when
3: you get into knowing me, knowing you. And that that little clip there, it could like if you read that and didn't know anything about or knew where it came in the in the in the timeline, that could come like now it's like in terms of his character and the things that he says his his sort of ref- the, the references that he makes and the yeah. things that he says doesn't really from, change apart from his accent is very different yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and also I noticed that he does substitute D's for T's while he's broadcasting <laughs> which is something <laughs> yeah, later yeah, later yeah. on he uh, admonishes Dave Clifton for doing he was slightly inexperienced uh, uh, at this point in his yeah, career yeah he's an eager young buck isn't he at the yeah. start of his career which presumably is why he's taken the job as a sports reporter when he knows fuck all about any sport yeah, yeah. Which and that to be fair very shines through yeah, yes. <laughs> he knows absolutely nothing. Here.
3: The uh, the kind of uh, extreme kind of caricature Alan Partridge that people are like that's not really yeah. present here. It's yeah. a little bit more straight edged. It's a it, it's, bit, uh,
2: it's more uh, a John Watson type voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's
0: much more laddie in his approach as well, yeah. isn't he? I mean, uh, these yeah. are themes that will go on to, to to continue through on the hour and the day today, and no, me no, you really, but women are there to be described in terms of their appearance rather than any sporting but, but, well, prowess but,
2: but also men actually as we go through this you yep. realize there are every time he begins describing male athletes or male sportsmen it all becomes very homoerotic i've in got written description. here incredible
0: detail of linford christie's groin injury yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like... <laughs> there's so much about groin injuries like everyone's got a groin injury well that's Which, actually
2: yeah. yeah that's episode two yeah. of um the first series of on the hour um yeah but everyone he talks to he's asking them about, about groin strains so, oh tell me about the groin strain They're like, oh, I haven't got groin strain yeah. well
0: effectively across on the hour it's basically a mix of if it's a woman he gets kind of increasingly sexual yeah. if it's Flat a man, man groin strain <laughs> and if there's a sport he basically misunderstands it in the yeah. most offensive yeah. Yeah. way starting with golf I think he misunderstands golf entirely oh in the first
2: uh, yeah would the you have um...
0: hitting balls around with sticks
2: <laughs> yeah. oh yeah so in episode it's probably worth um, for those that aren't that familiar with on the hour so there are there were two series of it which were basically six episodes each i believe i think the first series yeah so yep. the last episode of series one was episode six christmas special
3: and then there are six in series two yeah. just so a 12 a, overall a quick one i don't know if anyone anyone else has noticed this or noted this sorry but did you know that there was a untransmitted pilot as well of on the hour no, no I've, I've read about that but I've not heard it. Yeah, so there was an untransmitted pilot and there was no partridge in it. Coogan wasn't Coogan was in it, but there was no Alan. Well that partridge. will be the Armando one, I yeah, think. Yeah, so Armande am Anucci played a generic sports correspondent called Bill.
0: Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> technically, if you if you're really fudging it Armando Nucci sort of played the first Alan Partridge before Alan Partridge was out. Mm-hmm. If you're sort of fudging it, then yeah, Billy if, yeah. If, if you're fudging yeah. it, I if, mean, if, if fudging it. we're doing we're doing nothing if not fudging it in <laughs> this podcast. Uh,
2: would you like um, some Steve Coogan insight into the creation of the character? No, I'm not really interested. Okay, we'll we'll skip
0: yeah. it. No, go on.
2: Um, yeah, so Coog- Coogan writes that. Um, the initial part the initial sketch that featured partridge w- was written by Leigh herring he says uh they wrote a brilliant incisive sketch about a sports reporter it became increasingly surreal and there were no punch lines but it was incredibly funny armando turned to me and said steve can you do a generic sports reporter's voice That's not an impression um and then uh coogan does does go on to uh admit that the voice uh the voice then was very different from the way alan talks now um it was it was nasal. It was mono. It was monotone. It was like John Watson or David Coleman. So that was very much the basis for that voice. But it was just supposed to be a very generic sports presenter. And he made the observation that um, sports commentators like that—they um, sound confident, but simultaneously stupid because they never stop talking even if they're stuck for something to say which is very much a hallmark of Alan in these these early sports reporter years where he doesn't understand any of the sports the rules or anything but he will just keep talking and commentating in terms
0: of his voice as well one thing that I learned from I part or well, one thing they put in I Partridge which I thought was very clever they basically explain away the difference in his accent because he starts oh, okay. very nasal very yeah, laddie, and he kind of moves on to be less like that in I Partridge they explain that by saying that he basically was collared by Des Linum at a Social event. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, who, then now, gives, yeah. who then gives him yeah. some advice to beef up? Uh, uh, says that he beefed up the nasal. Quality was of his right. Voice. <laughs> he said, he said I, yeah." He, he told Alan <laughs> not to be so nasal. And he said, "I had indeed beefed up the nasal quality of my voice, thinking it left a timbre that was trustworthy, authoritative, and basically quite nice." <laughs> <laughs> doesn't Lynham also have access to the disabled toilets at the BBC <laughs> he, he does quite okay, possibly I do love that the, the attention to detail is, is such that they'll go back in I Partridge and, and explain away yeah, some yeah. of the things they wouldn't have had time to sort out at the time like yeah, Alan's voice
2: yeah I guess they've got the beauty of hindsight where they can go oh if something doesn't quite make sense they can invent a reason with having a book that covers the whole history of the character yeah.
0: I also love the surreal way that Christopher Morris's newsreader uh cuts Alan off by saying shut up alan i want you to stop yeah. <laughs> repeatedly how do we think that that relationship because it continues um from uh, uh, on the hour to the day-to-day yeah how do we think that, that kind of colors his broadcasting style because i feel like that might have uh, played some kind of part in terms of the way that he treats other people
2: yeah it's a bit like he's always under pressure from chris as the anchor yeah. isn't he yeah but then yeah. i also think uh and, and again it's it's very similar how it's played out across the radio and the tv versions of this um that Alan's the only regular character that Chris interacts with, really. Most of the other um, reporters. Yeah, he, he does off. a bit
3: with the the yeah. weather girl, uh, Barbara Wintergreen.
2: Barbara Wintergreen's the American reporter.
3: Uh, no, who's the weather girl that he flirted or traffic woman Rebecca <laughs> Front that he <laughs> flirts with all the time?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, but she's not in on the hour at all. Uh, okay.
3: Well, okay. Otherwise, yeah. good point. Yeah, good point well made. Yeah. Yeah, all right, sorry. It wasn't um, a pint of beer <clears throat> shaped like a leg. <laughs>
2: So there are quite a few regular uh, characters that appear in the on the hour episodes. Um, so aside from Alan, you have yeah uh, Barbara Winscreen, who's the American reporter Rosie May. You've got Rosie May from Green Desk, uh, and also they quite often throw over to Radio One for, uh, to a Radio One DJ called Wayne Carr. I think that might mean wanker. Uh, and if you, it's not <laughs> very subtle for
0: on the hour, is it?
2: No, but that's the thing. Some of the gags in on the hour are actually just quite. Basic, there's a uh, There's yeah. Jacques
3: Off as well. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> things like that. But yeah, well, um, I, I think listening to those Wayne Car skits, it seems to me like that's basically the blueprint for Dave Clifton when you get into Later Partridge, really, because he's that kind of cheesy Radio 1 DJ in a kind of Tony Blackburn, Mike Reed sort of vein, uh, doing the doing the t- uh, Ds for Ts and things like that. He's, so got the,
0: he's got the regional broadcaster's voice. Yeah, exactly. Well, then
2: coming up. Yeah, the- yeah. Um, so it's just listening to that, I feel like, uh, I mean, I, I don't know whether Amanda Unichi was very instrumental in the writing of that character, but it feels like they've kind of mm. dragged some elements of that through into Dave Clifton into I'm Alan Partridge. It's the
0: Prometheus to Dave Clifton's <laughs> alien, isn't it? That's
2: exactly right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, one
0: bombshell that's dropped in this, which I think we need to talk about how ser- bombshell, yeah, how seriously I I we take it. I think you know where we're going. Alan's wife dies. I know. What is <laughs> so? That? My question is. Do we just write this off as a surreal TV flight of fancy because later she is raised from the dead like a zombie (laughs) or do we basically write into the official Alan timeline that he had a wife before Carol?
2: Yeah, but then she still turns into a zombie, so that doesn't really work. I I
0: expected some closure on that story, but no, no, it just ends with her coming back, raised from the dead, as a zombie.
2: So that's, is that the last couple of episodes of Series 1?
0: No, that's That's, that's relatively near the start. Yeah, it's early early on. There's a reference to Alan's Alan's wife dying because he he was working on an extension. Yeah, Uh, he got um, a call that she died um, and Alan's now in counselling.
3: Maybe Um, this is why he dresses up as a zombie in... Maybe. uh,
0: (laughs) <laughs> Still Chris Morris's character does stay Freshly stay uh, well. Oh yeah nice to ev- have some time off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, yeah. In episode five of series one, um Alan's <laughs> wife has risen from the dead. Yeah. Um but yeah, again I kinda made the note, you just have to it all works in the timeline and makes sense apart from that one bit which goes through a few episodes about his wife dying I probably realised yeah. they made a big mistake with that Well, <laughs> well at that point, it's, it's more, point it's they more had indicative of like the Chris Morris Armando Unucci style of writing as well I think because there are some really surreal moments across on the hour and yeah. the day to day which don't work in the normal Alan Partridge and line. they
0: had no idea at this point presumably that Alan was going to have any sort of you know lasting lifespan that they would need to think about things like him having a dead wife who yeah. was a zombie or not yeah <laughs> true, um, true there's also a bit around this point where he says that he could hold his own in a caboodle do we think that that is I, I obviously I've, I know the answer now because I've looked it up do we think that that's an actual word? caboodle uh, yeah. is that, is that an English dictionary
2: word? caboodle, it sounds plausible what, what's the context? Who's he,
0: he, talking says, he says he could hold his own in a caboodle yep. I mean he's used the context incorrectly I have sort of given it away.
3: I've definitely heard the word before but I couldn't. I, yeah
0: so it sounds like it is a word it, but he's used incorrectly. Exactly it, it is <laughs> a word a and it means, it means all the people or things in question as in the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah, I heard but it, yeah. he's Taking it to mean like a fracas or like a right. like, you know a set to yeah either way it's nonsense yeah <laughs> classic alan <laughs> yep um i love that he describes duncan goodhue as toast of the twin worlds of sports and no hair
3: <laughs> can we think if of I, anyone else who uh, who straddles that world uh no
0: i would say that harry hill is toast of the twin worlds of comedy and no hair yep. yeah yeah also, um, doesn't he talk about how the dolphin and otters of the uh, Brighton Dolphinarium have put on a show to raise money for newly haired Duncan Goodhue. <laughs> yeah, D-
2: Duncan Goodhue is quite a recurring uh, recurring name in the first series. <laughs> Nick, you live in Brighton. Is there a dolphin area? True?
0: Believe me, I that looked happened? it up. There was no dolphinarium. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely go mm. mainly for the otters. I like an otter. Oh, not sure an dolphin. That. Not sure about mm. skin. He also does a really, a really <laughs> misfired anecdote about putting a turkey in the wrong car, which shows that he is not the oh, king yeah. of anecdotes so perhaps it's something he had to work on maybe Rob Brydon's character at the end of I Man and Partridge series 2 was right but he actually can't doesn't know his way around an anecdote I think yeah. we, I think we knew that already yeah. Yeah. we yeah. didn't okay, need Rob Brydon to point it out <laughs> yeah. fair enough
2: yeah I, I think it's uh, I think it's no surprise that Alan's not really the king of anecdotes uh, no. to refer back to Coogan's book uh, for a few more points about the uh, gestation of the character um, he, did, he did say the more mundane the sports reporter the better so they they were always saying up for Alan to be a bit of an idiot and not know what he's talking about, um, he's like, like
0: he's he's an ordinary man amongst extraordinary people, isn't he? Really, good. Yes, that's good. Well, <laughs> he'd like it, to think of himself as, as, an, yeah, as an extraordinary he'd be, man. He'd take that.
3: He is an extraordinary man in a way, in, but not it, the way he thinks. In some respects,
2: well, they had a they really thought through the uh, the name as well when coming up with the character. So they they chose Alan because it seemed like an appropriately sporty Middle England name. It didn't sound bookish. These are Steve Coogan's words. Mm-hmm. It didn't sound bookish. Literary people aren't generally called Alan. Alan would have a Nice car on the drive and wear golf sweaters. Uh, and then they also, uh, Coogan also went on to describe that they chose Norwich because it was an interesting place. It's not en route to anywhere and is such probably the most isolated city in England.
0: Okay, flash question to the group. You're looking for a name that isn't uh, that is sporty, isn't too literary. It's not Alan Partridge. You need a first name and a surname. Go. What have you got? Brian. Pigeon. Okay. We <laughs> got oh, pigeon. Come on, Nick. Colin Cloverfield. Oh, like okay, that. oh, nice alliteration. What you got? Barry Crumble. Okay, shit, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> um, uh let's say uh Roger Winterbourne. Oh, that's good. You nice, had thought that nice. before, hadn't you? No, you I, just, I genuinely <laughs> haven't. Um,
2: yeah, and just a bit more from Coogan here. Um, he writes, "It was obvious to me that Alan would drive a Ford Granada. He felt like a type—a bloke with a collection of golfing sweaters who religiously washed his car at the weekend. He was slightly right-wing and very judgmental, very clean, a catalog man. S- slightly, I guess he is only slightly right-wing."
0: He is very clean. He's very he? right wing. Yeah. I've never thought about the fact about how very clean he is. Yeah, hygiene's important. To yeah, and yeah, runs definitely. all the way through. Like Iron Man and Partridge, he likes to shower before and ideally after. Yeah, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, doesn't he bath in Dettol? Yeah, and he talks about uh, the soaps in the hotel only withstanding one vigorous body scrub. Yeah, I never really thought about the fact that cleanliness is a through line of. Uh, yeah, of yeah. That. it's true.
2: It's true. Um, so following on in coogan's autobiography he talks uh, he identifies that there are a few uh, recurring themes uh from alan in on the hour uh the first being the fact he's obsessed with groin injuries as we've picked yeah, up on yeah. um he's obsessed with groin injuries in a matter oh, of fact way sorry
0: quick question to the group have you ever had a groin injury i think oh, it's important for the listeners i'm, to I'm touching no. wood
3: when answering this no are we talking muscular
0: or Are we talking?
3: Does does I've been twatted in the nuts with a ball football <laughs> okay, before? Does so that Tom, count as a groin so injury? Tom
0: Stabsy, yes, yep. uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd I'd say yes. <laughs> We've probably. all been Testicular kicked in their
3: injury. Surely the groin area, isn't it? Yeah, but the groin is a specific. Ah, my groin, okay. yeah, I well, know. That's why I asked if it was muscular or not. Or I'm glad I brought it up. Laria. Let's yeah.
0: spend some more time on it. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been I'd... kicked in the balls with a ball. How does a ball kick you? <laughs> well, it's been kicked by someone else, isn't yeah. it? Let's move yeah. on.
3: Uh, you don't... asked the question. Yeah. This is, this is
0: your <laughs> question. I didn't expect such weird, woolly, testicular answers, though. Uh, so, on the hour is also where we find uh, the origin of a uh, distinctive Alan noise that comes back to uh, bite him in the ass in Iron Man and Partridge, <laughs> namely that sort of weird choking sound he makes. In Iron Man and Partridge, it's when he's saying oh, Chester Harlands, uh, but in this one, he's basically describes sumo wrestlers as fat and they uh, get tired of his JPA <laughs> wearing and wearing nappies, <laughs> yeah, and then grab him in a headlock. Uh, so I think we can. Uh, we'll cut to that now. If you, if I was to, yeah,
4: what, hang, on. It's, no, no, hang, on. hang on. No, 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 no. Hang on. no. no. loosen it. Loosen it. I can't breathe. I, I, I can't do. I've got to do the interview. I've got to do the interview just loosen it a bit more we're near that. loosen it a bit more loosen it a bit more please
0: so there you go uh, it's the choking sound <laughs> yeah. we all know and love that's so, that's and, so uh, good it it, it,
3: happens it happens in the day to day as well so he's, he gets choked yes. by the, oh, the, the right. taekwondo or judo yeah. people yeah. or whatever it is and it's he's just like... a... It's that comedy sound? That but he's the, using? the, the, the yes. great
2: the great setup with the sumo wrestlers there, where again because he does, doesn't understand any sports, so he's just saying to them, "Why are you so fat? You're like a big fassy woman." He just doesn't get the fact they're supposed to be fat. That's how it works. Is he's reporting it, from the Olympic? Is he reporting from the Olympics at this point? I think uh, that's uh, later in series. Uh, oh, two.
0: okay. Because I know mm-hmm. that he does go on to then <laughs> then describe javelin as sticks and discus <laughs> as discs or something. <laughs> when he does end up talking about the Olympics, he also says, as a genuine sentence, women, they shouldn't be here in the Olympics. <laughs>
4: really? <laughs> his,
0: his sexism is, is, is peak. Oh, it it's right. It? Remember, it this rife. was the
2: early 90s as True. well. So it that was, okay. was probably fine. You, you get a lot of Alan not understanding sports as we've said uh so in episode two he's talking about show jumping he says he says hitting all the right fences again missing the point
3: that's just so that's just
2: so consistent so it's either groin strain it's knowing nothing about the sports he's commentating yep. on um and also there's a lot of commentary on horse racing throughout uh, the two series as well so um a lot of comedy names for the horses
0: uh, yeah and you'll be pleased to hear that i've compiled a humorous horsey based quiz uh, which Ooh. i shall be unveiling uh, towards the end of the show mm. so just very, very exciting be coming up later Play along at stuff. home
2: and I wonder who was more responsible for the horse names it feels like it's more of a Morris Yannucci thing with the, with the surrealism and the kind of abstract names coming yeah. into that it's
0: got the Morris the Chris Morris stamp all over it I'd, yeah. love to, I'd
3: love to be in a room with those guys just coming up with weird names yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think
0: also I imagine that Chris Morris is probably the one responsible for talking about uh, the going uh, at, at various horse races as well for example the going today at Chepstow Field was flappy to Amorous
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, like, I, ha- I have a note on the going which is different The going at Tavistock today was good to flimsy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, I like the bit where uh, Cricketer's trick Alan into wearing Botham's uh, cock box on his face. Oh, yes, that's
2: great. That is great. And again, I think that's kind of repeated in the similar scenes in the day-to-day. But um, yeah, don't they end up throwing him in the showers as well?
0: Yeah, there's, there's quite a few yeah. where he's reporting live from a locker room. Yeah, oh, there's quite yeah, yeah a lot and that. basically he's he's always on the receiving end of team banter, isn't he? <laughs> like and not being aware that he's on the receiving. Yeah, end. doesn't, doesn't he? <laughs> he just wants to be part of the team, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? Yeah.
2: After they uh, after they throw uh, the cricket team throw Alan in the shower you just hear him saying you're rubbish at cricket even though you play for England
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh in fact speaking of showers he's talking to uh, is it a couple of horse riders or something but jockeys no jockeys. Uh, yeah no there's one where where basically there's a joking offer made that he could uh, he, oh that he could come and have a shower with the with
2: their female tennis uh, players. and then
0: he literally tries to pin it down to logistics where where and when is this going to happen like how do I get in yeah
2: he makes um, some <laughs> awful jokes about the word shuttlecock and the fact <laughs> That they're playing, the yep. they're playing women's doubles is like, oh, you're playing with each other, and then he's like, eh, go on. So when are, gonna, yeah. when are we gonna? When are we gonna meet? Should, should I, he... I meet you by the side of the pitch, or should I meet you in the showers? And someone
0: at the BBC's gone, oh, this works. I'll hire this guy.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> there are lo- there are loads of cases of him being yeah. really pervy and quite creepy like that. If There's you could um...
0: sum up his his
2: sorry, if you could sum up
0: his his entire attitude to sp- and knowledge of sport. I think zero <laughs> The quote I've got Is, uh, is from the boat race He says I think Oxford are in the lead I can't be sure It could be Cambridge But they're certainly in the lead <laughs> he's got a 50% chance of being right to be fair in that one he does yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah what one thing I really like in, in in on the hour as opposed to the day-to-day because on the hours on radio they can include famous sports people without without them, a, yeah. who aren't actually there yeah yes. the right. day-to-day you can't you know you can't pretend it's Lynn for Christie yeah. when it isn't
2: but... although on, on on the hour you can pretend it's Lynn for Christie yes, it's actually David Schneider yeah. Yeah. and, and th- this bit is brilliant um so they they're in the news report they're saying Lynn for Christie has just run the hundred meters in 10 seconds <laughs> And then Alan's question is, oh, so you've just run that in 10 seconds. How far did you run? Was it half a mile? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and then, then again, the chat becomes very homoerotic with Linford. He becomes obsessed with his <laughs> arse. Yeah, <Is laughs> no, gro- it's not the groin, groin injury. It's, it's, the, it's the, the arse this time. This time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, because that's actually the, that's actually the last Alan part in, on the hour. So we should perhaps play a little clip of that in as well.
4: Yes. The buttocks of a man appear to be a lot more well defined than those of a woman. You know, I was looking at you walking off there. The muscle definition from on each of your buttocks as you walk is quite well defined. It's uh, there's no flab. It's rock hard. I mean, I, I wanted to prod it to but see if it was as hard as it looks. So obviously, I couldn't do that. Fantastic. It's a great body. You deserve it. You've worked for it. Can't help admiring it. If I had a body like that, uh, I'd uh, I'd be wandering around the flat uh, naked all day, looking at myself in mirrors.
0: One quick question before we move on to the day today: How old do we think Alan is here? Because he claims he's, and I quote, over the other side of fitness. Oh,
2: yeah, that's a good point. I think, well, in real life, I think Coogan was about 25 or 26 at this point. Yeah. The character, I've got no idea. I've
0: got Alan's age down. I would guess he's around sort of, he's sort of uh, mid-30s at this point. Mid
3: to late, yeah. To say say he's Uh, on the other
0: side of fitness. But then he does still feel like a sort of plucky young reporter, doesn't he? I'm not quite sure where to place him.
2: Uh, Yeah, just having a quick flick through the Coogan autobiography, it seems like they laid out a lot of things about Alan in terms of what car he drove, uh, what his approach to kind of cleanliness was, uh, what jumpers he wore, where he lived. But there there doesn't seem to be a decision about his age, because I guess...
0: They want us to piece it together like forensic scientists...
2: Well, fortunately, that's what we're here for. But I mean, I guess also it's not so important when you're doing it on radio. It only becomes more important when he's actually a visual character to consider how old he's supposed to be when he's on camera.
0: Very true. Which brings us nicely to the day to day, I suppose. This is the news broadcast <laughs> between January the 1st and February the 23rd, 1994. Do you start a brand new series on New Year's Day? Well, they did. Yeah, I guess so. Bold. There you go. Uh, in terms of writers, it's worth bearing in mind that Richard Herring and Stuart Lee were off the team at this yes, point. Yes, that was By Peter Bainham, Graham Linehan and Arthur Matthews. Uh, Graham Linehan and Arthur Matthews obviously went on to be the writers of Father Ted, amongst many other things, and guest spot on uh, I'm Adam Hartridge as the uh, executives.
2: Yes. Yeah, so you said Linehan and Matthews, but also Peter Bainham joining the writing team. Yes, did mention you, he, did he, did he did mention that. that. Well.
3: Like okay, I should be paying attention. Okay. Uh, I was sure, if it, for, you know, Coming to do the research for this, I thought Lee and Herring wrote on the day to day as well. So obviously they they, no. they left it at that point. Is there any or asked to leave? Perhaps. Mm. Mm. Well, gonna, look, that's yeah. what I was gonna I was gonna ask the there, question. There, there we was
2: a, well, there was a dispute. That's all we know, right? Yeah, okay. But I I do wonder if it's it, the implication to me seems like the dispute is very much around the character of Alan as mm.
0: well. Uh, yeah. right, kind of ownership of the character and yeah, because, because I
2: mean, as Coogan does acknowledge, they they wrote the sports reporter kind of sketches, first of all. Mm. But then it was Coogan, Yannucci, Patrick Marber that kind of developed generic sports reporter into the Alan Partridge that we know today. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is undoubtedly Alan Partridge when he's a sports reporter but I think you could also argue that he is considerably developed
2: uh, well yeah because he's yeah. he's less kind of David Coleman John Watson by this yeah. point as well yeah no no yeah. Just, yeah.
4: Uh,
0: not, to, not to say that that's the only part that Coogan plays he's also plays the parts of Alvin Holler Bobby Sky Hanetti in the Bureau uh, Spartacus Mills and many others in the day today but uh, I wonder what it was about Alan that meant that he was the one
3: who went on to be the full character you we could have developed gonna, any of those I was, gonna, ask, I was gonna like Obviously, it's quite a low-key start for Alan in this as well. So, yeah. obviously, he's still very much a bit part in an ensemble. So, they possibly weren't thinking about developing him as a full, you know, fully-fledged character in the sitcom at this point.
0: Yeah, I'd love to know the process that he went from being basically a kind of a bit player in the day-to-day to, to having his own series. And
3: another question, is there anyone else in the ensemble cast that you would like to have seen develop into a full series? Uh, oh, well, I think
0: it would, have been a t- it would have been ahead of its time, but uh, Rosie May the yep. uh, the green yeah, correspondent, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in 2016 could have an absolutely incredible satirical <laughs> series about wellness and about foraging and I think it would be amazing <laughs>
2: who's it, the boss-eyed
0: southern American that uh, Steve Coogan plays I want to see him do it. oh yeah the guy, <laughs> yeah. The guy who's <laughs> for, forever being interviewed through a yellow lens about <laughs> yeah. death row Yeah, yeah. I, want I, that guy.
3: I also like it would be very it would be, it would be quite similar to Partridge because he's quite useless but Peter Ohan-Rohan-Rohan <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: well uh, I'd, be, I'd be quite interested to see some kind of flyable Documentary following Chris Morris about his uh daily life as a news anchor as yeah, well
0: just shouting and at members of the public and whilst it's not um a character as such I genuinely would have watched the bureau if it been extended <laughs> <laughs> it deserves Absolutely. a series yeah. Yeah. um so uh Alan Partridge gets uh, gets challenged by Chris Morris in his very first televised partridgeism uh, when he says that he supports the law and then he's immediately challenged well how do you support it oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, just generally <laughs> uh, again uh, very much falling victim to uh, that Chris Morris character uh putting him in his place and alan having to suffer at his hands i did wonder if his humiliation in his first ever broadcast stayed with him I so that so. later yeah, when someone like, asks him if he supports the death penalty and he says you know yes for treason and murder he's he's very specific about how he supports yeah, the law. then yeah, exactly so uh yeah he's been caught out but once before uh i think this is also one of alan's first uses of the word textbook don't know if any of you clocked that.
4: Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah, I didn't. That that is, he, he
0: also refers to a man's tight lycra shorts within a minute on air. <laughs> uh, is that also where he starts referencing uh, Women in Love, the D.H. Uh, Lawrence classic, With Oliver Reed,
2: (laughs) yes, yes, (laughs) which
0: basically has two men wrestling in their pants. If anyone's seen it, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, So yeah, a homo, well, not homosexual, homoerotic is the word I was saying. Homoeroticism
2: is a very consistent Partridge trait. Uh, Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, There's a little bit behind the scenes of what people what people want. On telly, when he says uh, he's he's covering the bike races, not a lot happening, uh, quite unremarkable. Oh, good, someone's fallen. <laughs> 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 and also describes the cyclists as looking like cattle in a mad way, but cattle on bikes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I also love the fact that there's uh, there's obviously the uh, the people in the car with the bikes on the back, and he yeah, uh, he thinks, thinks they're cheating. He th- thinks yes. they're part of the race <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wonderful.
2: Dude, I mean, I mean that that's the thing about he clearly knows nothing about any of these sports. So I think, yeah, he's progressing. I, th- I think that yeah, exactly. But he's making leaps and bounds yeah. in his career. But I think the large question about that is. Do we think he do do we think he likes sports at all, or is he just doing this as a job? No, he
0: wants to be on telly, doesn't he? Yeah, he wants to be the conduit that gets him there. Yes,
2: I I think you've nailed it in one there. Um, I was just going to delve back into the Coogan autobiography again about the. uh, It's quite in. I I mean, I'd, I'd love to know more about how they initially identified Alan being the standout character from on the hour into the day-to-day. But what I do have from Coogan's book is Patrick Marber was the one that proposed Alan having his own chat show. So when they started developing, they basically started developing the day-to-day and knowing me, knowing you at the same time.
0: Oh, that's why it ended up on telly so soon afterwards. Yes, mm-hmm. so
2: they, they were kind of working on these projects at the same time and they decided it would work better to introduce Alan to a television audience as part of an ensemble cast right. to then right. extrapolate him into his own show, which obviously does make a lot more sense. But still, the, the bit that I don't really know about is how they decided Alan Partridge was a standout character so from when they were whole making on this, The Hour show. So
0: when they were making a spoof news show in its own right, but they also had one eye on yes. getting Alan into yes. people's... So,
2: yeah, if you, look at, if you look at this chronologically, <laughs> um, the radio show for Knowing Me, Knowing You came in late 92 so that was that was following the same year as the as on the hour ending so i guess whatever the conversation was from on the hour into alan doing radio that i think about identifying him as the key character that had already happened interesting
3: okay so, yeah, if you go back to the, the the dates of when these were originally broadcast, the day-to-day, the last episode of that series was broadcast on the 23rd of February, 1994. Yep. The first episode of uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You was with Alan Partridge, Partridge. Wat was broadcast on the 16th of September of the same yep. year. So not a huge gap, really. No, so I two. think
2: it's uh, having a semi semi-idea about how TV production works. They yeah. will have been making those up pretty much at the same yeah. time.
0: Can we talk a little bit about the transitions between Alan's presenting and the sports action themselves? <laughs> what, the graphics?
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. They're I love good. where <laughs> Alan's face like turns and morphs onto a trainer. <laughs> the
3: trainer just walks off. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> they are lawnmower man <laughs> style graphics, aren't they? And, I mean, not to skip ahead too much, but obviously in, in future episodes we're going to be talking about no me knowing you they also translate quite nicely into the opening credits of no me knowing you his face on a piano for yeah, example yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah great piano microphone <laughs> yeah um, i think oh it must God. be on footballs and like yeah, yeah. do you one think one.
0: that was they, they are deliberately dated yes. or do you think that's genuinely the best you could do in 1994 <laughs> well, i think it's a combination of the two yeah i think that it's uh it's made to look bad but it is also using pioneering technology
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i I I, I I think you're right because it's, it's deliberately over the top and yeah. even kind of brass eye kind of took, took the graphics even further but yeah I mean it's supposed to look ridiculous but yeah. it probably was probably was the best you could achieve in kind of 93 94 yeah
0: um, his contempt for the general public is something that is <laughs> yeah. first exposed here as well <laughs> mainly the scenes where he's reporting from the racing yep. surrounded oh, by people yeah. berating him yeah, and yeah. shouting out loud
2: he says um, yes yeah, so this um, episode two of the day-to-day That's he's right. consistently at the horse races in that episode. Yeah, where well, de- there's a delay due here. to a collapsed
0: paddock and, yeah. a, <laughs> and a renowned horse well-known for its sense of humour <laughs> is racing.
2: You also, yeah, about about hating the general public, he says, a couple of youngsters there falling around, let's hope that tomfoolery doesn't escalate into blind, ugly violence. It's also like he has no kind of like trust of the public either, he always assumes the worst. Yeah. Why are there children at the races? Yeah, well? oh God, they it's must be so
3: bored. It's also
0: the first time you hear him make the, uh, the classic a gallon noise
3: <laughs> as well <laughs> and at the risk of uh getting so, uh, a deluge of uh listener uh, emails i'm about to make a big statement oh, here. God. oh god marple is a real place just outside oh, of manchester yeah. marple races not a real place doesn't exist marple race course is not real a there you go i'm going with it dropped. and if you
0: think you've been there you're bang wrong <laughs> <And the bomb laughs> stab will fight you in a is car it, park is it
3: possible it existed in 1994 maybe maybe someone who was alive in 1994 in up. and around the marple area can give us some more information yeah, or maybe not it doesn't really matter his yep.
0: his confusion continues as uh, he interviews uh, Mickey, a jockey? Mickey Doolan <laughs> a, a jockey and from the off he's absolutely baffled he doesn't understand what's going on yeah. he the, thinks that he's a child for the, one yeah
2: he's th- Alan thinks the jockey who is 33 years old he thinks he's a 14 year old child <laughs> <laughs> and when the jockey sets him straight Alan says that's why you never see people like Brian Blessed riding horses yeah it makes sense there is a light bulb moment and he <laughs> does yep. get
0: it but yep. he is shocked that uh, Mickey Doolan is 33 he also mistakes the people, uh, uh, do you call them tipsters? I can't remember really, the uh, the people doing the oh, odds yes, with their yes. hands. Mistakes them for deaf people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, signing yeah, yeah. for the deaf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing which I think shouldn't go without mention in this uh, episode is that uh, this is the episode of the day today where Chris Morris blacks up. Does yes i've got a note on yes. this at
2: the end oh. i was surprised oh, yeah, to see it uh you! um furky yeah. uh performing uzi lover on rock tv <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah <laughs> uzi lover yeah okay. uh, in fact there's a uh, there's also a really classic day-to-day scene the, the scene at the pool yes here as no, one died. no one died and, uh, there's yeah. another great coogan scene about the road safety the the road safety uh, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 60 70 80 get out of my way you squares that <laughs> that's not the one bit. where he's like is this cool yeah, do i look cool do oh, i yeah. look cool does this look cool smash head through a window and stuff like that. <laughs> he yeah.
3: smashes Doom McKay's yeah. head oh, through a window. It,
2: yeah. <laughs> is this cool? Oh dear. Um, uh, then episode three, you've got the Queen and John Major having a fight. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> in episode three, he's he's constantly repeated, isn't he? Oh, in ep- episode three is where Chris uh, says to Alan, shut it Alan! I want I you want to you stop. stop. Yeah. Uh, and another non-Alan but classic day-to-day moment is John Fashnu. John Fashnu. <laughs> that's John, John Fashnu. Yeah. 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 I remember that was a big hit in the playground yeah. at school.
0: Yeah. It was... Uh, this is also where he asks the uh, footballer, "You missed the penalty. Why?" <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then goes on to say, "You look really stupid." <laughs> also, two bums in that scene. Just uh, yeah, is, again, that, is that the Tanner who you? he describes as smelling like cat's musk? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, he just follows that footballer into the showers. Yeah, yeah. That's well, right. yeah. I, I haven't got a wife.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it, that that's very much where they've taken the him being thrown in the showers, yes. talking to cricketism. The yeah. on the hour, yeah. they've tran- yeah. tran- yeah. transported. I've um,
0: literally got notes here where it's just like, yeah, very direct questions, incredibly poor interview technique. And, <laughs> yeah, he just, uh, uh, yeah. But then he move, he moves on to uh, interviewing the uh, the female jockey. It opens with uh, "You look fantastic on a horse." He's getting very sexist at this point. <laughs> I'd like to ride you around the paddock, he says. Uh, and then at that point, she takes um, the top off, and he's absolutely lost the plot. She read the I've got. He's flummoxed by breasts. Yeah. His, ne- <laughs> his next question after she takes the top off is, "How do you ride, ride a, a horse?"
2: horse. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fair to say he's briefly mindless. Yeah.
0: Is it similar to when uh, Susan asks him if she's uh, going to go all day with him?
2: Yes, yes it's exactly similar. that. Oh, yep. and he finishes the interview with a handshake because he doesn't know what else to yeah. do. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, And does, I don't know if you uh, followed his eyes, but he does sneak quite a few courses. Oh, <laughs> you um, would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Then, we're on, then we're on to episode four where he's back on soccer which or football, which I feel is probably where he's most comfortable. I, he's still not comfortable, but he's yeah, more comfortable. I
2: think this, uh, Alan, Partridge's <laughs> <not comfortable>. count, <laughs> Alan Partridge's countdown to World Cup 94... I think this is the most classic bit of Alan Yeah. Imagine- So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
0: And from the early years. Definitely. Also, the first outing of a Pringle sweater on Alan as yep. well, which goes on to become a staple of later years.
2: I think we should play a clip of uh, the World Cup roundup now.
4: Yes, 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 yes. Yes! That was a goal! Goal! Striker! Eat that! Yeah. And another! Bing Bang, stick it in! Thank you, good night! Flat! That was liquid football! Uh. Shit! Did you see that? must have a
2: foot like a traction engine. Goal! Well, questions in the group. What's your favourite line from Alan Partridge's countdown to World Cup 94? Twat!
0: Uh, Probably eat that. He can stick it in. (laughs)
2: I like. I like. You must have a foot like a traction engine. Yeah.
0: Uh, I love their attention to detail when they try to explain the soccer meter. To oh, everybody as hold well hold on.
3: Sorry, just as big football fans around the room, I assume you all perfectly understood the soccer meter. Oh, it made perfect sense to me. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it was it, well, was
2: it was Alan's way to explain the group system. Yeah, it's very very simple.
0: Yeah. Uh, mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of, I like soccer. I like it when they put the ball in the sack.
2: Exactly. Uh, I love the bit when he kind of scrapes his side with uh, one of the signs when he's trying to move it around. He's yeah. just like,
0: ah! Great, great he's so flum- noise. He's also already lost the pr- the Pringle sweater, presumably moving the soccer meter around is hard work.
2: <laughs> and there's all sort of things going, it's not written on that side. It should be, but, it, but it's <laughs> yeah, not. It he's
0: not. Basically, yeah. they haven't rehearsed it. He hasn't checked it and it's gone out blind like <laughs> But at the end of it the day, classic Alan. As he says, the proof is in the pudding and the pudding in this case is a football. Ooh, eat my yeah, goal yeah but the goalie uh, has got football pie all over his face <laughs> uh, episode five he's on to rally driving interviewing Susie herper played by rebecca front one of the greatest comedy actresses to ever live uh he says uh, oh yeah he's again very sexist it goes like a bomb and the car's not bad either etc smut
2: he just can't help Coming himself can he yeah any, any any um any female in his presence he just has to go there he also relishes the opportunity to use the word "bitch,"
0: which is a bit creepy (laughs) he's like you know how to handle the bitch the car's the bitch you're the queen and i like it a little later on he also talks about some football teams and uh, as someone that doesn't really know anything about football i wasn't sure if these were real teams or not
3: so are they actually called
0: junkie norwich fc (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I think that is a real name. Also, right, when, he, okay.
0: when he says the match is postponed due to a bent pitch, I thought that was a genuine thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. For fuck's
2: sake. Here, here is a question to the group then. How old are you when the day-to-day first appeared on our televisions? So that's 94. Yes, 94. So what month? 20 October, wasn't it? Three years ago. The day to was Jan Feb, 94.
0: So I was 11. I was... Twelve. This 12. is very much a maths test yeah. the right? yeah. table so really.
2: <laughs> Ten. Ten. Cause I am just wondering, did anybody see this and think it was real for kind of the first few minutes of any shows or anything like I that? I very much went it. back
0: to yeah, the day to I wasn't watching this. I think the day today for me was a post brass eye purchase. Uh, okay. Twelve year olds yeah. weren't watching
2: this. I definitely watched this when it was on television. Oh that's really? parents. Yeah, but you were about
0: <laughs> you're about you're about fifty by then. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, or, 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 or 12, the same age as you, you shit. Uh, and when just generally scanning through this episode of the day-to-day, uh, they, there was some weird random bit about, like, the war or in 1944. Did you notice who the stars of that little section were? They interview some no. old biddies who were alive in 1944, and it is two of the three uh, hurdlers from the uh, Know Me, Knowing You hurdle uh, section of oh. the great British women's yeah. 19-whatever-year-it-was hurdle team. Uh,
2: 1936. Anyway, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that talk in the of the that was a nice uh, little you know, yeah. episode
3: Nice sports
0: through line there. Yeah. Uh, so we're on to the final episode of the day today, uh, where he's talking self-defence. Are we going to talk about that moment? Which one's that? With Chris Morris and Alan the intimate moment
2: oh yeah oh yeah oh that moment mm. i was surprised
0: by alan's reaction and i think that that speaks to their relationship and that alan is very much under Wait, chris morris
2: were you really surprised so i do thought you, he did, just... are you referring to when chris kisses him yeah. full on, on the mouth <laughs> <laughs> and I you're he... surprised that alan didn't enjoy that i thought he just looked mildly disgusted uh, uh, oh he visibly hates it yeah
0: i just expected a more extreme reaction but i think that he wasn't able to because he was caught unawares yeah, yeah. So in this episode we get more shout outs to football teams and again as a, a, a non-fan of football, I wasn't sure, are they actually called Sheffield Bonanza?
2: Again, I think that is a real team.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. Sounds good. I mean,
2: I, I know loads about football. I mean,
0: so. I have heard a, a Manchester Coherent Yep. which one are they oh
2: they're they're, they're, they're the of best them, they? of the yeah.
0: Manchester teams yeah. yep uh, and Jill Morell, whoever she is or they are
3: <laughs> <laughs> Richmond Arithmetic
2: yeah
0: and Strathcarnage <laughs>
2: Strathcarnage you just know that Morrison yeah so, come up with those, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that brings us
0: towards the end of Alan's contributions to On the Hour and the Day Today but uh, obviously a lot of racehorses are named throughout the course of both series so uh, Nick is going to hit us with a quiz where he's basically uh, mixed up the real horses with some Nick generated horses. We're going to try and guess which ones are real and which ones aren't. And of course, following that, as always, Cars Against lanity coming right up. Okay. So here's the way that this quiz is going to work. I am going to read out the names of some real horses and I'm going to humorously mix it up with some ones that I've made up myself. The challenge to you three is as a team, can you tell Are these the uh, real names of the horses, or are they false? To be clear. When when you
2: say real horses, you mean (laughs) fictional horse names that have been in on the hour and the day today. That's the one. Yeah, real horses. horses. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so we're going to be a bit like a university challenge team here, basically. So conferring is allowed. We can confer, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, the first horse is erupted pension.
2: Ooh... It's kind of like—is that Morris or is that false? Oh, I—I'm I'm going no. I'm personally. going false. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. going to say
0: false. I'm happy okay. with the consensus. False. It's real. Ah. Oh, oh, uh,
2: okay. Next is Pixies. Excuse me. <laughs> I think I remember that one. I think that's true. Okay, we're okay. saying real
0: then. I'll go with that. That is real. Yes. yes, we're on the board. Yes.
2: Right, we've got one. Cavalry trouser tips. No, that ring a bell. Oh, that's so ridiculous. I'm veering towards yes personally. Yeah, Jed's yeah. putting his thumb up. He's not allowed to but he's done that.
0: Okay. Uh I'm happy to go with you. I think I could go either way that one.
2: We'll say we'll say it's Wait, true. It's definitely
0: we'll... going to go either way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which way? You have to decide.
2: We're saying it's Morris. Yep. /Nuchi.
0: And yes, that is that is real. Yes.
3: Two on the board. All right. Uh next up, iced bun massacre.
0: <laughs> I think that's a Nick Older creation.
2: Yeah, I'm going Nick.
0: Yeah, I made that one up. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: all right. That's a uh... uh, diabetic Charlie.
0: <laughs> diabetic Charlie. Hmm.
2: I think that might be a Nick creation again, you know?
0: Do you? It's tough because but... a lot of the names they're sort of they almost full comedy, but they just pull it back a little bit, don't they? What are you saying? What, what's the consensus here?
3: Oh, I don't know. I, I mm, it's ringing a bell. Can we get that name one more time? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Charlie. Diabetic, Diabetic Charlie. Charlie. Uh, okay,
2: basically, is it Chris Morris or is it Nick Alda? True?
0: I, no, I'm, I think it's guys. are going to have to push I you think for an answer.
2: Okay, we're, we're saying Nick Alda.
0: It's a real haul I told oh, you. Sorry, bugger. Uh, okay, next up, we've got the people's tiny dancer. <laughs> that's real. Okay,
3: that's real. That's, he's I'll on, go with the group he, decision. We're, we're saying
2: there. it's Chris Morris. It's Nick Alder Oh, oh I was so
3: confident. Well, I made up for. Well, actually, no, well, no. I made up for it with the last one. Well, that's now three correct and three incorrect. Jeffrey's bad shoe. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: oh, that's. Uh, I'm, mm,
3: I don't
0: know. I'm. I'm uh, I think that's. I'm going to say real.
2: We'll, we'll go Chris Morris. It's the Nick Alder one. <laughs> oh, he's done us.
0: <laughs> uh, Onion terror.
3: That's, that's, that's real. That's, that's, real. Real. that's, that's real. real.
2: Yeah, that is real. Yeah level uh pet shop carvery i'm going morris for that person what are we mm, saying as a team
0: uh yes, yes morris. Yeah, okay it's nick older oh wow. no
2: uh shopping trolley hands that's that that reeks of nick Alder to me yeah, nick <laughs> that
0: is nick <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: platitude queen that's real, real. That's, yeah that's, so that's right yeah that is real so how many have we got so far? Well, <laughs> one, two, how many three, left? Three, four, well, there's, five, there's loads. I think I'll
2: uh, just do a couple more. Uh, Lennox Lewis hand wash.
0: <laughs> I think that's real because Lennox Lewis is a celebrity of the times.
2: <laughs> I think Nick's made that one up. I think, I think it's good. <laughs> but does Nick know who Lennox Lewis oh, is? Oh, Good point. Uh, okay, group decision. Adam,
0: I'm I'm saying uh, I'm saying Chris Morris.
2: We've gone Morris. Oh, I think it's a bit too early, but fine. It's Nick Holder. Yeah, I thought it was too <laughs> early for Lennox Lewis. He's done very, very well, there. And yeah. your hand wash. <laughs> Foiled us again. Uh, Margaret Margarine predicts the future. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a Nick Holder production.
0: I think that's a Nick Holder yeah, done yet. that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll make it easy for you because you've had a bit of a shocker here. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Boothroyd's Holiday Dancer. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. 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 Well, that and was that was my horsey quiz <laughs> <laughs> so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight correct One, two, three, four, five, six wrong wow so, I think that's the worst result we've had in a podcast yeah, quiz easily, yet easily but, but basically it, Nick knows his way around some fictitious <laughs> horse sneakers, give you that
2: he, we finally found his skill yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's switch straight on
0: to cards against the lanity. Please gather your cards if you have them to hand. So I've given everybody two options. Their two options are both phrases used in either on the hour or the day today, And I'm going to give you a sentence to complete. You have to complete them as best you can, hand your cards into Jed, he's gonna ping his bell for the winner. Uh, this is a one round quiz, winner takes all. This wow. does not accumulate the stakes over the series. So you win the you can win you can have the last sip of this <laughs> bottle of beer, I have to And the glory of knowing that all of our listeners think that you're some sort of hero or god or kind of figure (laughs) or idiot. So the sentence to complete is the cyclists look like cattle in a mad way, but cattle on blank. So the cyclists look like cattle in a mad way, but cattle on blank. Uh, I hope you remember which one is yours. Jed's going to have a look at them all now and select his victorious, glorious winner, Oh, he's, a, he's, he's giving a, everything yeah. away with the facial expression. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so, we'll read them right we'll the up a bit. Here are the submissions. The cyclists look like cattle in a mad way, but cattle on a golden shower of athletic rain. Topical. The cyclists look like cattle in a mad way, but cattle on groin strain. <laughs> the cyclists look like <laughs> cattle in a mad way, but cattle on a two-headed sex beast. Oh,
2: he's done it. Oh. He's Unbelievable. Just to complete the ones
0: the final one, the cyclists look like cattle in a mad way, but cattle on blind, ugly violence. So,
2: <laughs> all good.
0: Mix the winner of that round. Uh, and that brings us all. to the end of our discussion of Alan's origins across On the Hour and the Day Today. Please join us next week when we're going to be starting our voyage into Knowing Me, Knowing You. Uh, we're going to be doing all six episodes of the regular series. Don't forget, if you want to join us for an in depth discussion of the Christmas special, Knowing Me, Knowing Yule, you can do that live at the Prince Charles cinema in London on Wednesday November the 22nd details for that are on facebook.com slash the partridge pod and twitter.com slash the partridge pod if you want to get in touch you can email us the partridge pod at gmail.com and on twitter at the partridge pod so uh, please do that if you've got any questions or complaints uh please do um <laughs> if you could try and reduce the complaints yeah. that would be good well, but please, but, uh, keep, please keep time complaints to a minimum uh so, yeah so
2: send your complaints to producer Jed <laughs>
0: yeah that's true yeah at Jed Shepard on twitter uh, he's eager and waiting uh so so anyway let's get on with uh, the end of the show
2: <laughs> here, it, here it comes
0: visit me the following which is this goodbye, goodbye. Ahoy. join us monkey tennis is a post-pop podcast produced by jed shepherd the artworks by dave mcnamara and the theme is an excerpt of the black beauty theme galloping home by dennis king to find out more about the records and podcasts made by post-pop head to postpoprecords.com
4: Monkey tennis? You better believe it, babe. There's a new chat in town. Monkey tennis? Ice white shoes, ice white socks with navy blue double cadet strong. Aha! Monkey tennis? I've just been told that Roger Moore is at Chiswick Roundabout.
1: Monkey tennis?
4: Oh, what the heck! Rock and roll! Let's all have a pair. Monkey tennis? Yes, I am in a jacuzzi sipping schnapps. Alan, 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 and on that
1: bombshell. Monkey tennis?